One, two, three. Dad without a dad production. Hey everybody, and welcome to Dad Without a Dad. That is Dad Without a Dad. My name is Jose de la Roca, and you can follow me on Instagram on every single platform. I already said it before, even TikTok. You can follow me anywhere at Mr. Jose de la Roca. That is at Mr. Jose de la Roca. And my name is Andy Griffiths, Jose's co-host. And you can find me at Gaming Goodness only on Twitter. I'm not that fancy. I don't do other social media platforms. Just find me on Twitter. I'm not as cool as Jose. Anyway. I always tell you you should do Instagram because like it's uh, like even though I don't have social media on my phone, I'm always like trying to post dumb stuff and then uh i come back to you because you're a facebook person i guess uh and then i had to reference facebook because you never do instagram so i had to like go and put something on facebook for you just to see it or something it's a stupid social media thing anyways so if you guys are new to the program uh andy and i met at e3 and we've been friends forever uh and it's been a really good journey um Andy and I didn't have dads growing up, and now we're trying to be the best dads that we can. Of course, it's a tough job, uh, especially if you're a caring, loving parent. And we just tell you stories about uh, what we have done, what we think is good, what I think is right, what we haven't done right, what we have done wrong. We also tell you stories about racing, because Andy is a race guy, uh, gaming, yep. uh, Andy's a gamer guy, and all my interesting stories... Because my life is kind of weird because I'm a weird guy. I have seven different jobs and everything is interesting. Like today, this morning, I was picking up chairs. Tomorrow, I'm going to be working for a uh, uh, app. And then next weekend, I'm going to start working for USC. And uh, this weekend, we've been trying to kill a mosquito for three fucking days. So there you go. That's pretty how our lives go. So how are you, Andy? I'm good, man. I'm good. On the on the flip side of you having like four different jobs, I've got no job at the moment, <laughs> and I only pick up stuff on the on the on the on the on the occasion. So yeah, it's it, everything's good, man. Had a busy day. Uh, went to the Victorious Festival in Portsmouth for like three whole days with a three month old kid and a four, no, three and a half <laughs> year old kid. Holy shit, man! Don't get me to turn on ages. Uh, I promoted last week's podcast, and and my wife was like. Yeah, our son's three and a half. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I put. It's like, no, you put two. It's like, oh, shit. Sometimes we get things wrong. We're not doctors. Sometimes we're not even that attentive. Um, but like you said, Jose, we're doing the best that we can for our kids that we can. Uh, and like, yeah, we share lots of stories. So, yeah. So what should we talk about first? We should talk about, we should just remind people how um, Andy 2.0 is still coming one day. So Andy forgets a lot of stuff. Uh, he even uh, forgets, you know, important things. So if he forgets your birthday, uh, talking to you, yes, you know who you are. Or if he forgets, uh, you know, going to meet you and then, you know, he, or he forgets what time is it in his country, in his region, it's okay, you know. He forgets everything. We thought we were going to have Andy 2.0, but uh, we still, I think we have Andy's wife, 3.0. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
it's weird i thought i'd be better once i didn't have a job but it's kind of it's weird it's like it, your brain is absolutely a muscle if you don't use it for dates and stuff you just get worse but yeah i'm, I'm slowly getting there i had um <laughs> i had a night two nights this week when my wife was away working uh and i looked after the two little ones on my own and let me tell you man two different bedtime routines two different like completely different age ranges really tough um thankfully my daughter is like she's just over three months now or just on three months and like she's dead easy to put down she just gets tired around about six o'clock give her some food rock her around a little bit give her a slight like moisturizer massage thing and then she's down which is great but my son is still like you know which is what you would expect for the three and a half year old he's like okay i'm gonna have a bath and then i'm gonna have some snacks and then i'm gonna watch tv a little bit and then i'm gonna go into my room which is dark and then you're gonna read me three books and then after the three books you're gonna complain and you're gonna ask uh, i'm gonna ask you for more books and you're gonna say no and then we're just yeah so that's a whole thing but um yeah. uh, one thing that uh, i forgot to kind of Uh, bringing back last time was that yes you are taking care of a newborn and uh, yeah. a three-year-old who I'm pretty sure he looks like five because you have a big boy and but <laughs> it's funny because you were talking about what happened to your son and if anybody wants to hear it um, go check out the last podcast but you mentioned how you were <laughs> cleaning the oven right so Let me just say that even though you forget everything, even though what time it is, you're doing a great job because if you think about it, we have right here Andy in England uh, um, <laughs> cleaning ovens, cleaning poop. Uh, is your son so much poop. Po uh, potty trained yet? Yes. Okay. He's trying his best. Yeah. Let's give it up for Andy. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and so props to you, man, because you're you're cleaning the house. You're trying to take care of two little ones uh i i always you know what so we've been trying to get a, a a dog and uh luckily my neighbors not only she's a, a vet uh but also they had three dogs and we've been asking all these questions to them and i actually bought them like toys for their dogs because they were, they have been so nice to us Uh, but you know how we were going to get a puppy and then people tell us how it's like taking care of another kid And this whole process of trying to get a dog has reminded me about having another kid and how, like, fuck no. So I keep telling my, my girl, I was like, mm -mm. Uh, uh, I'm out if it happens. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, so props to you, man, because it's, it's, it's fucking hard. Dude, dogs are easier to potty train than kids. Like, I swear, like, they absolutely yeah. are. Like, because kids get in their head, right? They're like, oh, my God, there's this foreign entity coming out of my bottom. What the hell's going on? Whereas dogs are like, I will poop wherever you ask me to eventually. But it's like a two-week job. Whereas body training kids is like, can take ages. Anyway, um, that's a different side. So what did you decide on the on, on the dog front? What's, uh, what's the deal? What are you doing? I was going to say it took me only one week for my son. Uh, but, uh, but And it feels like... Uh, man, I saw a fucking video where the girl literally says, you have to take your dog every hour, including at night. And I'm like, what? To, to, to where? To poop and pee. <laughs> She's like, if you want to potty train the puppy, we're talking about a puppy, by the way. If yeah. if they're older, I found out that it's easier or they already come, you know, train. But we we're talking about getting a puppy. 
when it turned out that it was a, a bad website and it was puppy mills. I don't know if you know what puppy mills are over there. It's like when they breed puppies crazy and they don't care about their health. Uh, it turned out it was one of those, but luckily we didn't get them. Uh, but yeah, we wanted to potty train a, a, a puppy. So they were like, you got to put him in a cage and you had to cage him out in a little area and you had to watch him. And then if he's looking like he's smelling stuff, take him out. Every hour you had to take him out. Uh, it doesn't matter even the night. And I promise you that if you do that uh, uh, for a whole, a whole week, uh, you will, you know, you know, he will know that it's over there. And then this other guy, he's like, you had to get a leash and put it uh, and clip it to your pants and have your dog like that for uh, uh, two weeks so they know we're not supposed to go and then you had to train them and then so basically i need to get a crate i need to get a fence around the crate and then i had to look at a dog f forever and every hour i had to take him out and then this other person tells me i had to clip a dog next to me forever and of course i'm exaggerating things but it's basically what he's saying and then he says yeah. like so and then i had to cover you know you see right here is my living room kitchen over there. I had to fence the other part so he knows where not to go. So, yeah. I've never heard of clipping a dog onto, like, Me. pants on a belt buckle and, like, just walking them around. You wouldn't take him to the toilet with you, though, right? Or I guess you would. Well, if I did it with my son, might as well, <laughs> you know, fucking Max. His name is going to be Max. And, oh, if Max it's a, is great. and if it's a girl, Bluey. Uh, so, uh, that's the only thing we have decided. Uh, and then, so my list was, I needed to get a crate. I needed to get, well, but by the way, I'm, we're not doing the crate. We just, that looks very not good. My brother yeah. has it. And every time I see that, I feel like poor person, dog, whatever is in jail. I will get the fence to give him, you know, I don't know why am I getting a fence, but I'm going to get it. <laughs> Uh, uh, so fence, brush, uh, treats to train him because I had to train the, the dog, um, uh, bed. Uh, so it was like in stuff like $200 and the dog was going to be like a thousand. So I don't know. Whoa. You're the dog person. You tell me. Uh, I mean, this is the thing with puppies, right? Is that you could go to a shelter and get one for, for almost nothing, at least in the UK but you don't know what breed it is. Sometimes you don't know what history they have. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you, you've done your research and you're doing the right things. Um, uh, puppies destroy everything. <laughs> Get some super strong aerosol uh, to, like, mask up the, the scent of anywhere they pee and poo. Um, well, that's why you take them out every hour. Uh, and Yeah, but, like, you need to sleep, though, right? Like, you're not going to, like... <laughs> all right so so um and then uh so when we were and then we got do you guys have craigslist over there yeah yeah okay but so it's you, called something else it's called something else but yeah yeah so it's it's basically a bad place to go to get stuff right yeah uh and we all know that and everybody knows that that you just go there to get scam or get shot right yeah. but our research kind of died out and i said well let's check craigslist I know it's a bad idea, but let's just see what it is. And I started doing my research because, by the way, we could only have a couple of breeds because 
my peoples here are uh, allergic to stuff. So we want a hypoallergenic dogs, anything doodle, anything poodle. So cockapoo, labradoodle, golden doodle, poodle, miniature poodle. And so we found, I found this lovely uh, cockapoo. It was very cheap. And I started using my phone, my company's phone. And then I started like texting it through them so they, they don't have my phone. And let's just say, I was like, you know what? We may get it. But then I started thinking, what? Okay, once I get a puppy from a stranger, uh, I should take it to a vet, right? And then, of course, I'm like, who should I ask? And I'm like, it's 9 o'clock. Andy is asleep, hopefully, or pl playing video games. So either or, he's not going to answer. So it just, I just went and knocked on my, my, my neighbors. And then I'm, and they're like, uh, well... Uh, the neighbors, the vet is going to be here soon. And then there's like, oh, you want a puppy? He's like, oh, you know that they're going to cry because you're taking them away from their family. Yeah. And most likely they're going to cry. And I'm like, what do you mean cry? You know, like cry all night. And I'm like, what? Cry all night? Here in an apartment building? <laughs> and I turn, I say, fuck that. We're not getting. Okay, so... We just, I said, you know what? This person sounds legit, you know, 700 yeah. bucks. Okay. Uh, and they're like, okay. I'm like, hey, can we meet the the, the, the dogs? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm just asking because you never know. He's like, uh, yeah, yeah uh, you could come and um, um, anytime. So that day I said, oh, you know what? Let's just go see. All right. Let's try the, the bad way. Maybe it could be the good way. So we're like, all right. Where is it? Riverside. Uh, so it's basically like 40 miles away. So it took us like an hour to get there. And then he sends me an address and I'm like, is this a park? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, all right. And he's like, it's like, you know, a mile from my apartment building and I'll meet you there. Okay. We drive like an hour. We get to the park. Mind you, it was very nice park and it was on top of the hill around mansions. So I'm like, this guy's either rich, good guy. Or he's going to kill us. And, you know, it's, it's very empty. And, and I'm taking my son and my girl. We go to the park. And uh, and then he texts me. I'm like, hey, we're here. And, he, and then he, this is where it gets weird. He says, okay, I'll be right there. Unfortunately, I'm not going to take out the puppies. Because they could get parvo or coronavirus. So you're going to have to come to my car. And see them. Okay. And I said, what? Yeah. You know, a lot of people take their dogs there. So since they're puppies, they could get coronavirus or uh, parvo. And you had to come to my car. I said, this motherfucker wants me to go <laughs> to his car. And I said, oh, okay. You know what? We're good. We're going to pass. Don't worry about it. Don't come. I picked yeah. up. I got my son, my girl, and we left. And then I told my, my neighbor, and he's like, well, you did the right thing. But I just talked to my wife, and she says that they do could get parvo because they're so little. I don't know about the coronavirus, but, but my point is, he, this whole time, he didn't tell me, hey, you might not be able to see them. Yeah. He waited until we drove an hour. So the Craigslist situation is kind of iffy. So, yeah, man, I don't know. 
So if you have a Cocker Spaniel, a Poodle over there, just ship it over here. Probably be cheaper. Let me tell you about Peanut Crunch. These baked peanuts puffs are so delicious, my son and I cannot stop eating them. Seriously, we cannot stop. Peanut Crunch are a delicious and healthy peanut treat. They have the power of vegan peanut protein, rice, beans, and a wonderful crunch that keeps active kids and adults on the go. I came across Peanut Crunch when I was watching Shark Tank, and I just decided to help out a fellow Central American entrepreneur and buy his product. So I decided to get it, and when I got them, I found out how delicious these baked peanut puffs were, and I became hooked ever since. Go check them out at peanut.com. That is P-N-U-F-F.com. P-N-U-F-F.com. And use my promo code De La Roca and you will get 10% off your order. I'm telling you guys, I cannot stop eating this great baked peanut puffs. Peanut Crunch. P-N-U-F-F.com. That is P-N-U-F-F.com. Promo code De La Roca. I, I think, yeah, it's definitely the precaution stuff is, is really hard. It's like um, it's like buying a car or putting stuff on Facebook Marketplace and like people know where you live based on you selling something and giving you your address. Yeah, dude. Um, so, yeah, it's better to, to have precautions on that stuff. Uh, I think when it comes to puppies, there's loads of different things that can potentially be wrong with puppies before you pick them up. Like, obviously, you don't really know they're the... The, the state of the mum and dad you don't know what long-term ailments they've got but you've chosen a breed which is you know you know they don't seem to have massive problems like if you compare them to british bulldogs or you know sausage dogs or whatever so yeah so what are you going to do you're going to keep on going you're going to keep on looking or what uh, well another thing just happened i think well he he posted it online so it's it's not a secret so uh, you know, I told you that we've been saving money and then we yeah. literally uh, have, we're driving my my in-laws extra car. Uh, yeah. It's a really good one. Uh has 100,000 miles, but it's a very old uh, uh, Toyota Yaris. It actually looks, she takes care of it. Well, uh, unfortunately, they had a big accident yesterday. Uh, they're fine. Uh, but the car got totaled. Uh, and so they do have an extra truck that they barely use and I don't think it's good for long trips. But we're thinking we're just we're telling them this is your car. Come and get it. And they're like, Well, let's see what happened. No, I'm like, this is you just got into a big accident. Your car got totaled. This is literally your car. So I'm gonna go drop it off today. And they said that uh, my my father in law says that he only needs it for tomorrow to go see the, the total car and do the insurance. But we start to like kind of look for cars, so yeah. that could be our puppy budget. Oh, and something else happened. I don't know if they're listening, but we have a fish. <laughs> and, oh yeah, and that fish is about to die. So you're gonna get to do one of those as well? So I don't know, man. <laughs> Poor kid is gonna have two punches in the face. You should um, do you know what you should do? You should find a car that you like, but you should private message the person who owns it or the shop or whatever and go, Hey dude, I'll get it if you can chuck in a fish. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a puppy too? 
yeah what puppies have you got come on man it's not the first time you've had that question come on what puppies or fish do you have i'm I'm willing to take the car right now i've got the money right now yeah that'd be good um man that's crazy that's crazy i the thing is with puppies and i can say this growing up we had three dogs in my house that's two two parents well then one parent and then four kids and then three dogs at various points, right? Which is small house. You're talking like a three-bedroom house uh, with three dogs, four kids. Um, and like the house, didn't matter how much we cleaned it, didn't matter how much we kept on top of everything, still smelt a dog all the time. Can't really help it. Uh, we took those dogs out for walks all the time. We had a huge garden. Didn't really matter. They still pooped in the house. We trained them. Still happened occasionally. We still had to um, put down newspaper overnight uh, because, you know, that's the hour by hour thing. Like dogs, depending on what breed you've got, they can have tiny bladders uh, and tiny poop storage areas. I'm tired. And, um, you know, they, they, they will poop and they will poop in a certain area. Um, so it's better to kind of like preempt that uh, by essentially putting down something. Um, but eventually they they, they kind of get over that. Um, uh, at least that's that's kind of the hope. But we we occasionally had accidents. So every night we would go through a ritual of putting down. I think we had some like tarp. So, you know, so this is pro tip, by the way, pro dog tip. Um, if you go to your local hardware store, they will have like undersoil... Um, uh like waterproof uh kind of like tarp or tarpooling to put down um putting that and newspaper on top of it was absolutely brilliant because basically they'd put on the newspaper the newspaper would soak soak up all the pee Um, but if they did a poo it would go on this tarp and then you chuck the tarp away tarp was like you know relatively cheap as well you're talking like six quid for like a big old pool of it um so yeah, so having like one puppy is yeah, it's it's a massive amount of work. Like you know that. Um and I don't know if it's the same over in the US, but in the UK like puppy prices of and all dog prices actually have just gone through the roof. They've like absolutely exploded in popularity because obviously with COVID everyone's working from home and people get lonely and they're like I could have a cat or a dog or whatever. Um and obviously people are starting to go back to work, so rescue centers are quite busy. Um so yeah, that that might be a route for you, man. Like I think the other thing is like, if you've got a dog from a rescue center that's already potty trained, and they know what the history is, and I mean cockapoos as a breed is really it's that hypoallergenic thing that's really difficult for you, right? Well, like so I, otherwise, I'd just say like just take a friggin' stray from from LA well, that's just walking around. Or so that's the thing, know. right? Like the breeds that we want are never available at a rescue. No. No. And let's just say we were going to get one, but it was kind of not approved for anybody. Yeah. So we didn't get it. That's okay. So that's what I'm telling you. My son is getting two punches in the face. Well, what about a cat? Are there any cat breeds that... Uh, that no. Wait, wait, uh, yeah, I was going to ask you, when did you like turn to the dark side and became a cat person? Uh, it was probably my wife's fault. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I, I think it's like I've got two cats. I love having cats. They're really, they're really, 
they are loving uh and you can like train them to be more dog-like like i don't know how it's happened but my cat derek is uh you know he doesn't fetch a ball or anything like that but he likes aggressive strokes um which is nice and he'll just like jump on your lap and go i'm sitting here now you sit down nope i'm sitting here you sit down we're gonna enjoy this together it'd be great um so yeah I, cats are cats are cool they just offer something a little bit different um and the other thing with cats which is great in the uk is that in the uk you don't own a cat a cat is like a lodger basically who can go wherever they want as soon as you let them out so yeah so you won't get you know a cat's never gonna maul someone to death a cat's never going to attack a kid so badly that, you know, they have to go to hospital. Well, that's not true. A cat's <laughs> never going to kill a kid, right? But a cat could definitely, like, you know, scratch an eye or something. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be careful about that. And when did the horses came around? Were you... Our, horse, our horses have always been there, sadly. Um, they're it's just, a... like... Horses are glorified cows, man. Like, they just... They, 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 they do do stuff, and they are intelligent. But most of the time, they just sit in the field, eat, poop. Yeah, because we got to remind yeah. that y your families, uh, they have horses. But you are not the horse guy, right? Like, like you don't know anything about. It's just your mom. They've, got, your... they've got legs and a tail, and they eat a lot, and they poop. Um, they pee a lot, and they need stables because uh, you can't have them outside all the time because they'll explode. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, the, the horses are, you know, as much high maintenance as a dog is a horse is like crazy high maintenance and you have to like it's hard labor keeping a horse like mucking out of stables you know having a giant uh <laughs> like dung pile in the corner of a field that they can't access because they just shit loads uh and they you can't do much with the poo apart from turning it into fertilizer so basically the best way to store it or even get rid of it is just to like put it in one place so that eventually the rainwater and heat just causes it to decompose. I'm making it sound more of a hellscape than it probably is. But yeah, I've I've never really appreciated horses, to be honest. Like they're 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 majestic creatures and they they look good and they're very very powerful, but they're also dicks a lot of the time as well, and they're super expensive. So you know, it's, it's well, I it's, just it's feel like thing. your mom and your and your sister were like the horse people, and you were just at home playing video games, right? Yeah, or watching football. That's that's pretty. It's a pretty accurate description of what me and my brother are usually doing. <laughs> but you know, we we used to muck out. We used to help out. We used to, you know, I've I've walked horses from to different fields. I've like, um, what else? Have I, I've done stuff. I've contributed. <laughs> I haven't uh, just you know laid back and 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 enjoyed an occasional visit to a field. Definitely. Um, Yeah, I've done my part. I've I've picked up enough poo in my life. I've I've done that. And you're uh, still yeah. picking up poo. Well, uh, this dog thing, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this dog thing, uh, is gonna make me pick up poo more. But it's it's. I mean, look, my son wants it, so we're gonna get it. Whether it's right now, whether it's later, and it's a family thing. So all three of us had to have uh, because even though my son is the one who wants it. Uh, my girl and I are the ones who are going to have to do most of the work. So, mm. you know, we all had to be comfortable. Like, uh, uh, you know, there was a big discussion that, that it's just literally I had we had to admit that it has to be a family thing. It cannot be just one person saying yes and then the rest are, 
uncomfortable or you know don't like the dog or anything it just has to be three of us and because three of us are going to take care of him two more than one little one but it's a family thing and you know if you're you know a dad and you're listening to this get used to it because at some point unless you have some medical problems or allergies or whatever you're not going to be able to do anything but to get uh, a dog or one of those cat things that andy talks about but whatever <laughs> you know everybody has their own thing i wear a dog person in a fish with a big eye <laughs> person <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, and talking about football, um, uh, you were going, to, oh no, we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about football or because there's so many football things going on. Ronaldo's going to Manchester, uh, Manchester United. United, yeah. Uh, yeah. are you, what does that do to you English men? <laughs> <laughs> so, man, I did not think we were going to be talking about Ronaldo, but I'm, I'm happy to jump into it. Um, so yeah, obviously Ronaldo is kind of a love-hate figure. Like, I think it's because he's reasonably pretty and looks after himself and is an amazing footballer. Um, and that's why in the UK, like, it's kind of weird. I mean, I massively, I'm massively excited to watch him play football again because, you know, he was at Juventus, don't really watch Italian football. Uh, and obviously he was at uh, Real Madrid as well um, previously. And, like, I remember him you know, tearing up the Premier League with Man United, um, being an absolute, uh, just a legend, really, and just scoring lots of goals, setting up everyone, uh, lots of assists, uh, getting headed goals, basically being just brilliant um, during, like, Wayne Rooney's time at Man United. So to have him back is crazy, uh, but he's also on, like, an astronomical amount of money per week. Um, you know, you're talking 300000 a week or something like that. So... Uh, and he's only going to be here for like a season or a couple of seasons, maybe. Um, but he's like, I think he's 33 or something like that. Um, he's like in such good nick as a footballer. Like he's he's in such good condition. Uh, Man United have been crying out for a striker. But it seems like nobody wants to buy a striker anymore. It seems like everyone wants these false number nines or um, these guys that kind of move forward, but they're not really the, 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 the butting edge of, of an attack. So... Yeah, um, it's kind of crazy. I think what also made it interesting was the fact that Manchester City were rumoured to be interested in him for the longest time, and that was the rumour. And everyone, every Man United fan that I knew that I spoke to was like, ah, oh, you know, I, I want to see him again in English football, but I'm conflicted because he's going to a rival. And, you know, does this destroy the legacy that he had at Man United? You know, and those people told me about that i just told them to shut up really to be honest because you know it doesn't really matter um but when they joined man united like you know they had a game today he didn't play but he will be playing their next game um yeah it's it's nuts absolutely nuts um but it's, it's a good thing for everyone uh you know premier league is the most entertaining league in the world to have a guy like ronaldo back in it is is great for everyone it, it's it's not only the most entertaining uh, league in the world it's the best run league in the world there were just uh, i just saw a graph where how like the the italian league and the spanish league are like bankrupt and yep. you guys are like killing it man you guys are like i don't i don't know if it's the arab and american money that you guys have uh but it's you guys are killing it i mean it's crazy how well everything is and then uh mr um you know 
car insurance guy. What's his name? The the England striker, the one that looks like a car salesman. Oh, Harry Kane. Yeah, uh, Kane. <laughs> he's going to stay. He does. He literally. He is like the perfect English person to play football, right? He, you know, yeah. uh, he's staying with uh, with his team, right? So that's pretty good. Yep, Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, yeah, he he was rumored to go to Man City for like a crazy amount of money again. Didn't decided to stay with Spurs for basically. He said, "What was the quote?" He said, "I'm I'm looking forward to playing for Spurs. I'm going to stay here until basically the next window." I don't think he said the next window, but he said like a, a a weird indeterminate amount of time. It was like looking forward to staying here for the summer or something like that, which implied that in the winter transfer window he'd be going. Um, but yeah, that was a crazy uh, crazy transfer saga that lasted like you know three whole months astronomical figures of money involved again you know like he came back from the euros where uh, england got to the final and basically didn't turn up for training um so yeah it's uh it's good again even that's a good thing because you want to spread all these good players as at as many different clubs as possible i think the premier league is in a really weird I, 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 the fact that everyone seems to have a bit of money is is totally by luck. It's not by design. Like, you know, you've got Chelsea or Roman Abramovich. He's running. He's like an oil oligarch. You've got, um, uh, you know, obviously uh, Man City that are owned by um, essentially, a, uh, I think it's a Middle East kind of money um and you've got liverpool who are owned by americans you've got man united who are owned by americans um <laughs> is there an english and, you know, is there any english owned <laughs> yeah i think so i think tottenham <laughs> is uh i think and even southampton like southampton my club they're owned by like you know a, a, a chinese firm well they're owned by they're part owned by a chinese firm and they're part owned by a construction company from a Nordic country, I forget which one. Um, so yeah, it's all weird, man. It, like it's, I think the thing that keeps people coming back to the Premier League is just the TV money. The TV money is just absolutely phenomenal, and that's what allows everything else because it, it's a really good export. Like you know, whatever country you go to around the world, they will be showing Premier League football of some sort. Um, and it, I think you get that a little bit with Spanish football, and I think you get that with Italian football, but you don't. You know the Premier League, the Premier League, and you can look at the schedule. For the Premier League, there is, you know, over a weekend, all the times are staggered. Um, it was great being in. Uh, I was, used to go to press events, you know, when the world was different and uh, travel all around the world. And going to like America was amazing because you could have breakfast and watch Premier League football. You could have lunch and watch Premier League football. And then when you had dinner, you could watch the highlights of all the Premier League games that happened that day. Like it's it's nuts. They they've. They've done really good stuff when it comes to scheduling. But obviously, you know, the, the diehard football fans who are like, you know, I remember when every game kicked off on a Saturday at 3 p.m. And, you know, the beer was like a sixpence and you used to get a pie for, a, a you know, a, a whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you do lose something a little bit. But as a commodity, English football is amazing. Um, it's really, really good. But the money kind of doesn't really filter down. Uh, that's the biggest problem with it. I just, you know, uh, as long as Ronaldo was gone from Real Madrid, yeah, for me was fine. And well, now Messi's gone, so I, I don't know what to watch. But I was just watching some highlights uh, for uh, PSG, and I was looking at their team, and I was like, "What is this?" I'm like, "Is this basically an all-star 
team of the best of the world. And then uh, it was just, it was so many good players that I was thinking this is too much. Like, but then you you've got the rumors of like Mbappe, who's like their like golden kid, right? Yeah, um, but they're, he's going to lead to Real, but until next season, right? So it's yeah, like yeah. this year. I mean, what are it? I mean, just go watch it just to see how many uh, plus fives you know they get, right? Because it's just incredible what they have. It's just, and then you see them play and they score like easy six goals against. Whoever I don't even know what the fuck the other team was <laughs> like to, to to give you the truth I was like who I mean like who cares I just want to see the highlights it's just a highlight reel and everything but anyway. I think the 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 Champions League this year is going to be amazing and obviously that kicks off proper I think in in either I don't think it might be end of September beginning of October um, so that's going to be amazing like seeing you know all those all those players for all different teams but. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain just have an amazing team uh, a friend of mine who I he plays FIFA because he's an idiot um, but he he was telling me how basically if he was playing FIFA and someone had the team that PS uh, Paris Saint-Germain had he'd be like man that guy's cheating he's spending like 100 quid on FIFA Ultimate Team points like every week um, and that's kind of what they're doing they're just collecting players but the last team that I can remember to do that was um, uh, Real Madrid uh, with like David Beckham and um, uh his name like oh and ronaldo and uh, roberto carlos and all that stuff during like the galacticos era in like the early noughties um yeah and you know they they didn't dominate world football they really didn't they they won the domestic game but barcelona pushed them quite far uh i think they got to a couple of champions league finals but i think that was it so yeah it's all about how these teams gel it's gonna be interesting and then you're talking about uh racing which i've been thinking about you because i've been watching the the Netflix series and just to see how how interesting everything is because like like one little thing one little inch could mean like two seconds how like if you're not quick enough and you play for uh and you're at uh, Austin Martin which is Red Bull team you get kicked the hell out how like Ferrari is like the champions but now your boy is killing it and then I thought uh, Schumacher was like the most winning, you know, driver ever. But your boys, uh, you know, I think he passed them already. Yeah, and just to yeah. see how like uh, uh, it was basically run by just white guys, and now that your your boy is just killing it. He's going to be like the best ever, and it's a black dude. And I'm like, hell yeah, suckers. Uh, uh, <laughs> and then it's just it it's. I think watching that series made me more of a fan that I was you watch Formula One in in um, in Guatemala and you know about Schumacher and what they do and everything but once you watch that series and everything that goes through it just makes you more of a fan and then you were you wanted to talk about it right now I mean today so I was like all right because I'm a fan yeah I think um so what Drive to Survive the Netflix series has done is it's kind of allowed the stories of motorsport and Formula One in particular, well, obviously just Formula One, to kind of to come to the forefront. Um, so traditionally in Formula One coverage, it's all about the drivers and not really about much else, which is crazy because Formula One isn't really, the why I'm interested in Formula One isn't necessarily to do with the drivers. It's probably about 50% of it. But the other 50% is the engineering side and the team makeup side and 
um, you know, how cars are designed and how these athletes train themselves to tackle tracks. And I'm a motor racing fan anyway. I've always been a driving game fan as well. So it kind of all feeds into that. But I think with Formula One, what's really interesting is how they've still managed to keep this like international circus going during COVID. Like they've still managed to have races in places. They've still managed to to have a compelling story. And um, yeah, I think uh, it, it Drive to Survive is amazing because it it's, can be an entry drug to Formula One a little bit. Um, it's definitely dramatized what happens on track in um, in a pretty, not fantastical way, but in a way that kind of heightens the drama artificially a little bit sometimes but i think ultimately you know these guys are and you see it all the time these these guys are risking their lives for for entertainment essentially um you know uh obviously people have lost their lives very recently in formula one um if not in the main formula one in the support series um so you know i think for that it's just it's really really compelling tv um and it's there's always something going on like it's a it's a uh, kind of a culture within a culture, which means that there's always, you know, it's very rich. There's lots of different things you can extrapolate for it. And there's constantly, you know, people talking about at the moment, there's a big thing, which is Valtteri Bottas at Mercedes not doing massively well. And you've got this young upstart called George Russell at Williams, who is doing phenomenally well and has been doing well for multiple seasons at this point, And is kind of dragging this historically amazing team which has fallen on hard times due to essentially not having manufacturer support. Um, and you've got this amazing driver basically extracting everything out of a car and more to get them their first points, to get them up the grid. Um, you know, there's a lot of human stories there and you, you see it um, laid out uh, constantly all the time in, in the broadcast and what people are doing in the pits, how people are preparing the car, you know, in practice sessions. And, you know, when you go to the factory base, you see like literally you know, McLaren have got like, you know, like 200 people working on a Formula One car. Um, if you go to Mercedes in, in, in Brack, uh, Brackney or Brackley, I can't remember, uh, basically in, in near Silverstone in the, in, uh, in the UK, they've got like 300 people working on a car. Like it's absolutely nuts. So yeah, I, I've always loved Formula One. It's something I got from my dad. Um, you know, he uh, showed me, you know, Senna, uh, Prost, Mansell racing in like the early 90s from a really young age um, and kind of grown up with the sport um, and it's yeah it's just always fascinating uh, we even and this is how much it affects my life <laughs> uh, we even stopped our like we like I said we went to Victorious which is like a music festival we went there for three days um, but we came back every day uh, and I managed to negotiate with my wife and she loves Formula One as well, like half a day for the final day. It's like you come back and watch uh, Spa, uh, which is Spa Francorchamps, legendary track located in the Ardennes in Belgium, near the Ardennes Forest. And we rush back to watch this race. It's peeing it down with rain there. Usually they race in the wet. They didn't stay because the visibility was too bad. But what happened was they just kept putting it back. They're like, oh, no, no. So it started at two. Okay, we're going to delay it 15 minutes because it's too wet. They can't race. Like, okay, it's fine. And then we've rushed back, literally, you know, bribed my son with an ice cream for the for like the power walk back to the car so we can all drive back. We get back. Um, I get him ready with like some toys so he can play. They delay it 15 minutes. They delay it half an hour. 
late at 45 minutes. Uh, and literally, so it started at two. It was supposed to start at two. They finally called it off at like 6.20 in the evening. Um, uh, and they managed to go around the track like three times, uh, like three laps total. Usually these races are like 70 laps or whatever. Um, but even then, just listening to two people on the radio, pad, because they were like, this race could start in three minutes or it could start or it could never start at all. It was just like, it was so compelling to listen to um, the BBC forecast for this and to see like racing drivers trying to stay within the zone because they knew they could get caught cool into the car at any minute um, versus them pissing about and playing football in the pit lane because they were like, well, we, what the fuck are we going to do? So yeah, uh, that's why I wanted to talk about it. It was just, um, it was a race that never happened today. But it was fascinating nonetheless. Um, so yeah, if if you have even a passing interest in what we talked about, just even a passing one, watch Drive to Survive, watch two episodes of that. And if you're like, eh, motorsport's not for me, that's totally okay. But that's a really good like litmus test for if you could be interested in Formula One. Because um, yeah, so I, I, I love it. Even my son likes it. Do you like beer? I do. And now I can have great craft beer any time of the day thanks to my friends at Hairless Dog Brewing. Hairless Dog Brewing are the first domestic US 0% ABV craft beer brand with truly alcohol-free products. That means you can have a great craft beer any time of the day. I usually have the Citra Lager for lunch or the coffee stout with my waffles, but most of my friends and family like the IPA. I quit drinking about five years ago and I always looked for great non-alcoholic beers. And I finally found them at Hairless Dog Brewing. So head over at drinkhairlessdog.com. That is drinkhairlessdog.com. And use my promo code, De La Roca, D-E-L-A-R-O-C-A, to receive 10% off your purchase. That is drinkhairlessdog.com, promo code, De La Roca. I told you that my son got into it, right? And then uh, we talked about this like two, three years ago. Uh, and because I'm watching, because it's Netflix, right? So it's not yeah. PG 13, by the way. Yeah, so there's lots he, of swearing in it. He stuff. he wanted well, cause you know, you know, uh, um, he wanted to watch it, and I was like, nah, nah. And so when he's watching, like, I don't know, Home Alone for the 150 times, <laughs> I start watching Netflix, and he wants to kind of watch it, but I'm like, no, 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 watch what you want to watch. Let me watch this, and then uh, same same thing as fifa i'm like go play leave me alone for five minutes um but i'm i guess a year behind so i'm at a point where um uh, what you sell belgium right is that the red yeah. bull uh like like no it's a red bull arena a red bull ring is austria austria okay so uh, mercedes of course germany uh, uh ferrari france you guys are mclaren yeah so ferrari's italy, uh, italy and then for the uk so the uk is kind of the center of formula one motorsport as well like most of the teams are based here so like for the uk we've got williams aston martin uh so there's 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 a great story there for this season as well but you can watch drive survive you'll see it um uh so we've got aston martin endstone which used to be force india so i think it's force india and in what you're watching at the moment um and we've got uh obviously 
Mercedes is a German manufacturer, like it's a it's a German engine manufacturer, but the team is based in the UK. No, but who are you guys? Are you guys McLaren? Like, if you say you have, but are you guys? Are you saying you guys are also the other two that you said? No, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Forza yeah. India already. Uh, he they already discovered he was a crook, and then so I'm like uh, season two. Uh, I'm <laughs> okay, a, cool, cool. Uh, uh, he. Uh, I'm on season two where um, uh, they kicked the French guy out of the Red Bull team, and they brought this uh, thought. Uh, he's Thai or or Filipino? I yeah, forgot. no, he's he's. He's Thai, but he's technically British. He is so British. He, his dad yeah, is, is British, British, and his yeah, mom Alexander is Thai. Albon, you're talking about. Is he still in it? Uh, I'm not going to tell you what happens. <sighs> he's so good. Pierre, I, like Pierre, I like him. I like him. I yeah, like him a he's, lot. He's a lovely guy. So I've, I've, um, I've watched him race multiple times um, uh, in like feeder series. Uh, so there's, there's two tracks that are near me. So one of them's Brands Hatch and one of them's Thruxton. And he used to race in the Formula Renault series. And I've seen him race plenty of times um and he's a really nice guy uh he's actually quite shy um which you wouldn't think of that because you know he's a he's a really cool guy super dashing super young um and he um yeah he replaced pierre gasly um so red bull have this thing i don't want to spoil it man it's really hard like uh, so red bull have this thing right where they are they're basically max verstappen's team at this point um it is so well, any any teammate that comes in there has just got a massive shoes to fill they've really got to prove themselves but max verstappen is from my perspective or my opinion and what i've noticed watching him race and how he deals with teammates is that he's very uh he seems from the outside to be very um selfish um and, and one dimensional and only really caring about his own performance, not really the performance of the team. Um, but Red Bull don't really care about that, right? Because their brand image is all like, yeah, energy drinks. Um, so, <laughs> you know, they want people to be, you know, that's one of the reasons why they got into Formula One. Um, you know, they want to be this this brand that upsets the the, the paradigm. They, they want to be disruptors. And Max Verstappen is definitely that. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I won't spoil it, dude. Keep keep watching it. Okay. It's, so it's, and it's then, uh, well, in the series, he seems like a cool guy, and he doesn't really because they paint the other two, the Ferrari guys, like those two really don't like each other, and real the 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 guy who was at uh, Red Bull and went to Ferrari, um, he's like a literally dick, and then the young guy, uh, Leclerc, whatever his name is. Yeah uh uh he's like the best so is is the older guy still ferrari uh no so the older guys moved as well yes. uh but charles leclerc is still a ferrari is he so winning actually uh no not really i actually ah. uh, <laughs> so i did some work on the ferrari esports series last year and a little bit this year um and we had charles leclerc as a spokesperson for that So I had to brief him over email, to be fair. But I had to brief him with some docs uh, on, on what to talk about and what not to talk about. He was amazing. Charles Leclerc is bloody lovely, like legitimately super passionate about esports as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, Charles Leclerc is amazing. He's, And he's he, awesome. uh, is he English? No, he is, he's, how do you say this? Is a monogasque, which basically means he's from Monaco. 
So he's like, the thing is with him is that he's like, um, so is Monaco uh, uh, its own country? Yeah, 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 because yeah, it's all a tax bullshit thing. Um, so okay. they 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 have very little tax rules there. I don't think you have to pay into tax. So but the thing is, if you're like a fancy sportsman um, or you live basically you're on tour all the time or you're traveling around all the time. If you're based in Monaco, you can get crazy tax breaks. Um, and I think, I'm not sure if Charles Leclerc's dad was a racer or something like that, but yeah, he's, um, he's kind of, it's weird. Like for a guy that comes from a, um, a background of like, you know, being quite well off, he's very, very down to earth. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Well, I look at you making him say things and not say things. Yeah, how come you don't bring How come you don't bring these things up once in a while? Anyways, uh, <laughs> wait. So who's who won last year? Your boy, right? Yeah. Yeah. How many? But dude, you you're on like episode four. You should like keep going with it. Like these, many... these are like no, major spoilers. I... No, you know what? This 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 whole series. I'm in season two, episode like seven. Okay. This seasons they really don't don't point they don't really showcase about they don't like you said it's all about the stories and yeah. behind they really don't say oh this is the winner and this is the end of the they literally in episode four they literally said that in 2019 your boy won already and they're they're keep talking about the story of the episode yeah, and they still like six episodes to go so it's not like the end of the episode is the final uh thing i'm pretty sure it is but they already literally in episode four they literally said that your boy won you know so it's like one of those things that is like they're more into into the story that is basically drama with fast cars and you know they also talk about how like two seconds is like this and then it's just funny to see and why why do all the all of this like um managers they had to be all these like good looking european dudes like the patrona <laughs> guy looks like he could be like a like a male stripper and the other guy could be like a fancy italian uh uh chef why do they always look like very like i just think they're very rich dude i, th I think that's that's the <laughs> that's the unique qualifier there um yeah it's um I completely forgot that that's how they do the storytelling in there. Yeah, it's brilliant. That that so the thing is with Formula One coverage outside of Drive to Survive, right? Is that it's basically just about the the top, like and British interest stories. So George Russell coming through the back and stuff like that. Uh, but what Drive to Survive does that like you talked about is um, it, it's almost like vignettes. Like you can watch episodes in isolation and you get a really good like story of of of. of of things going on have they got to roman Groshon yet no because i don't even know who he is okay cool cool i'm okay. sure they will i'm Where sure they get to it uh so he used to race for Haas, and now he's in indigo um he's doing very well in indigo but yeah he had um had an interesting no but that's the thing like Haas yeah. already uh uh they their big uh british guy uh you know when he already said i'm not going to be your sponsor for Haas. And Haas yeah, is American. The, that's the rich energy thing, right? And Haas is American, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it's owned by Gene Haas, who's yeah. like a yeah, a motorsport legend, like owned shitloads of NASCAR teams, IndyCar teams. Yeah, and he's always wanted to get into F1. Um, yeah, that's the, the rich energy thing with Haas was really funny. So rich energy is a company that still hasn't turned any profit. They're like an accumulative 
or a speculative kind of company yeah it's weird it's worth googling rich energy if you want to know about companies that have floated on the stock exchange but never actually done anything um yeah uh yeah it, it's great man it's it's so so good to hear you talk about it as well i think um you know it, formula one's amazing i've always loved it uh it's always been a little bit different i still get like this slight air of magic whenever i go to a, a, a motorsport circuit or a motorsport event and realize that people like do it for real it's not all like a video game and they spend like literally hundreds of thousands of pounds on cars that they race and they then wreck and then they have to spend like hundreds of thousands of pounds again to fix them like it's just absolutely bonkers um yeah uh that's why they it's get, amazing they got rid of um uh what's his name the the red bull guy the french guy so in his first two like uh um tries to uh do position is that how you call it position yeah, yeah like do tests when, when or, or like, first overtakes you mean overtakes no the uh, you know how they do uh laps before the race like the yeah. day before to see who goes first and second stuff like that yeah qualifying, qualifying qualifying so on qualifying where you're not really racing against anybody that guy the french guy in red bull he destroyed two cars each one of them two million dollars it's just like, who would invest in this sport? It's such a crazy thing to invest in. Like the return is, yeah. But that's why you only get like engine manufacturers like investing in it. So that's the other big thing in Formula One is that it's it's it costs so much that you need big manufacturers like Mercedes, uh, like Honda, uh, like Renault to basically bankroll some of these teams because ultimately they wouldn't make any money. Um, and that's why Williams has been struggling so much. So they used to be almost a factory team like with with Renault um back in the day um but yeah they 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 aren't anymore so next year Formula one's due to a massive shakeup due to a, a rules change to make basically overtaking easier and things like that so yeah it's um keep watching it man keep doing it and try and tune into a formula one race if you can if, if, like, at some point i think it's on fox sports or something like that yeah i don't have cable like so that's uh, or you, you know you you could go on twitch and this is a thing that happens which i didn't know happened so uh people live stream Formula one races on twitch and still show themselves but like with a games controller so the reason why they do that is that for a bot passing by or somebody passing by checking copyright strikes and things they go oh that guy's not uh streaming the race he's playing a game um so yeah if if you're smart there are other ways to to watch it potentially. Well, if you know, oh, you know, I told you right. How um, I don't know if I said that. How that uh, yeah, I think I said it. How like it's free to watch La Liga here now, and fucking Messi leaves. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, uh, okay, okay, and yeah, I mean, so many complicated things. Like, uh, um, so yeah, so Red Bull is Austin Martin, but it's Honda, yep. and yep. then Red Bull used to be Renault, yep. like the engine. So it's kind of weird because it's like, wait, isn't that the other team? And isn't this? So it's very, yeah, I mean, I like it because you learn. So it, it is weird. And there's lots of different subtext to everything. And like you do get odd things like Red Bull being, was it Red Bull Tag Hauer Racing? And you're like, they're the title sponsor. But they just make watches, uh, and it's Honda that make the engines. But they didn't want to be a title sponsor for a time, so they're doing really badly. 
Um, and then you get Aston Martin sponsoring Red Bull, but they didn't make the engines and they don't make the engines. Um, you've still got that in Formula 1. So this year, so Aston Martin got bought out by Lance Stroll's dad. So Lance Stroll's dad now owns a team uh, and he bought Force India. Um, but they he also bought Aston Martin, as in the car maker, the British car maker, sports car maker. Um, so, but they don't run with Aston Martin engines because that would be insane because uh, they cost too much. So they run with Mercedes engines. So you've got weird shit like that that makes no sense um, to to an outs- to like an outsider or someone who hasn't followed the sport. But someone that does follow sport, like it makes sort of sense because these and who's, weird who's that NGU dad? hybrid engines are crazy. Who's that so dad? Uh, How does he have all the money? Uh, I th- don't know. Can't remember. Oil? Can't remember off the top of my head. I don't think so. I think it's like wise investments. <laughs> I don't know. That makes it sound even dodgy. Uh, no, I, I I don't know. I don't know. You have to Google it. Okay. But and, Lance Stroll, yeah. And lastly, uh, if you, because I follow the money and stocks and everything, why is the biggest car company in the world not in it? Toyota. So Toyota used to be in it. Um, so they've, so Formula One has a weird history with Japanese car makers. Um, Honda traditionally, uh, so they, Honda dominated when they were in it with, we're talking Prana, Assess, uh, Senna, Prost in like 1989, 91, 92. I think those were the years. Um, and essentially they left the sport, um, think it was because it was too expensive maybe i can't remember um but then toyota came in um during it was before jensen button won the championship so it would have been either 2009 2008 something like that um and essentially they were in it for five years and then they just left um they pulled out before they got a world championship um it was they they came along during like the introduction of the I don't think it was the hybrids. It was like a... So basically, Formula One always goes through like these compressions of, of rules and regulations like every five or six years. Um, I think it's to kind of like refresh the sport to a certain extent, but it's also to kind of like align the political aspirations of the sport with the reality of car manufacturing, right? So, you know, this NGU, uh, which is energy recovery units and, and hybrid era came from a car manufacturer is basically telling Formula One or the FIA, look, we want to showcase our, you know, environmentally friendly engines that are more economical, blah, blah, blah. So that's why I said it. Um, so for Toyota, they came into it. Uh, they, they came in as part of one of these new rule refreshes. They stuck around for about three years, uh, four years. I think it was four years. Um, they were fourth best team, third best team, and then everyone fancied them for uh, the next season. They pulled out really last minute. But they spent like hundreds of, well, tens of millions on developing this car. Uh, and this car became the Braun GP car. Um, it's widely known as like one of the most expensive Formula One cars development wise in history because Toyota really wanted to win it. But something happened. There was some sort of crisis at Toyota. They had to pull out the championship. But Braun GP basically were like, well, we've developed that, you know, you're talking like two months before or a month before the, the championship starts. And Braun GP had, um, 
basically a guy called Ross Braun who now runs the sport uh, with um, a media company. Can't remember what they're called. I think it's Liberty Media. Anyway, um, so Ross Braun basically starts a new team, um, and this team dominates everything, like in the season that they're in, using Toyota's tech. But they're not a Toyota team at that point. Toyota basically just did a make good, which is like, look, you guys have spent all this money or you guys have worked so hard on this car. We're going to basically let you use the tech, use everything that we've invested in. There's no point in us mothballing it. Then Braun GP turn up to the Australian Grand Prix with uh, Rubens Barrichello and Jensen Button. They don't know how they're going to perform. Nobody knows how anyone's going to perform because they've done these rules refreshes. Uh, and basically... Braun GP just blow everyone out of the water. Like you're talking like multiple seconds a lap quicker, which in Formula One, like half a second a lap quicker is amazing. A couple of seconds a lap quicker is, is nuts. Uh because they had this um this double diffuser, blown diffuser tech in the relay of that car. So Formula One is as much about aerodynamics as it is about engine performance. It's all about, you know, not only giving you, you know, the 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 fastest car within the regs, uh, or the regulations, it's also about giving people the most uh, grippy car, uh, the best aerodynamics so that it can, maintains the biggest contact patch it can without losing performance with the road. More grip equals more performance in corners and things like that. Uh, more grip means, yeah, anyway. Um, so yeah, that season's worth, like, dude, Google Braun GP. So that's B-R-A-W-N. It's fascinating. Um, uh, that season's crazy. Um, so this is the, the other thing with Formula 1 which I and absolutely what love, which is like, uh, so basically, Braun won the championship. So they're the only team in Formula One history in their rookie year to basically win the constructors' championship. And their lead driver—they didn't really have a lead driver, but he became a lead driver in the end. Uh, Jensen Button won the championship. British guy. So you know that season was amazing. Go on YouTube. There's loads of different stories about that season. Um, you know, it's like football, right? Oh, but like what football, happened? Like they didn't. Like nobody but the would, company or anything? Uh, so what happened is that company got bought by uh, <laughs> essentially Mercedes. Um, and it's now essentially the Mercedes, Mercedes GP team. Um, but, you know, Braun GP, they took advantage of this vagaries in the rules um, with this blown diffuser thing at the back of the car, which basically diverted airflow in a slightly different way, which meant they had more grip around corners and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, literally Braun sold the team. Uh, he was still in charge at Mercedes for a couple of years. And this is when they brought back Michael Schumacher. This is when they had Nico Rosberg, but obviously Mercedes were in the wilderness for a little bit. They were like a mid table team for, for a few seasons until Hamilton joined them. And then he kind of helped raise them up. Um, so yeah, it's mental. Now he looks cool too. Is he cool? Was he a dick? Your boy. Oh, I have no idea. I've never met uh, Lewis Hamilton. I've I've been to a Mercedes car launch <laughs> where uh, Lewis was there and Jensen Button was there. Um, they were very well media trained. Uh, I was there as a guest of EA um, because they had signed a deal with them for a game called Need for Speed. God, what the hell was the game called? <laughs> Need for Speed Shift Unleashed. Uh, which was Need for Speed Shift 2. Yeah, that was it. It's Need for Speed Shift 2 Unleashed, which is one of the longest bloody game names ever. Um, and essentially, they signed a post-release downloadable content um, pack uh, deal, licensing deal with McLaren. 
because McLaren was starting to make their own cars when McLaren Automotive was the first time they were doing it. Um, and EA <laughs> got in t- contact with um, me because I was working for a games magazine. And they're like, you like Formula One? I was like, yeah. Was like, do you want to go to um, McLaren's uh, base in Woking and see one of their cars get launched? And I was like, fuck yeah. Uh, so I did that went to the McLaren Technology Center. Like, you literally turn up. It's this massive building. The front of it is kind of all glass, quite open plan. And you turn up, and they've literally got row after row of all their McLaren cars over, the, like, the past 20 years. Yeah, they show it super, on, the, super on, cool. the, on the thing. Yeah, it's mental, mental place. Um, and I went to launch... Uh, so, basically, what that was is... So, imagine a super geeky 25-year-old kid with blonde hair like you had to wear a suit right fuck no no like they didn't tell me anything so basically i i turned up in jeans and a t-shirt um and uh and like a you know a hold all bag which i'm pretty sure had like a branding of another goddamn company on it um and like you turn up at woking train station which in the uk is a pretty crappy train station it's not a great train station um you go out of the exit uh and then there's like a car there to pick you up and then you turn up and like, here's the thing. So it wasn't a black tie event, right? Because those don't really exist for media. Because if you do a black tie event for media, they don't really turn up. Because I'm like, nah, fuck that. Um, so this was a casual thing, which was quite nice. Um, but I I turn up with like a bunch of other guys. And you've got guys from like Autosport, BBC, ITV, ITN, um, ITV and ITM, the same thing. Uh, like Sky, all these like super impressive guys. And you've got me from a magazine called Gamerzines, which was like a free magazine that no one really gave a shit about um, unless we gave something away for free. And <laughs> it was just really weird. But to be there with like 30 other journalists and like uh, be part of this thing uh, was really, really funny. But it was like, so in PR terms, I was a, a vessel if you like, I was someone to fill a seat. I wasn't anyone that they really cared about because they must have had like, EA must have had like three three seats um, and they must have called around and everyone was like, I don't know anything about motorsport or no, I'm not interested or I'm not going to write about DLC or whatever. But I was like, I will write so much about this DLC <laughs> if you let me go. And I did and it was worth it and it was great. Um, now, let me ask you this. Yeah. You go there and they have goodies or yeah. at least... I'm pretty sure you opened your bag and took something. You brought something? <laughs> so, I tell you. Don't they have like goodie bags on this rich events where you, no. you come out with like I mean, a... I mean, yeah, they, they do, they do. But you're thinking of like, you're thinking of the Oscars and all things like that, right? Where you open up and there's like a Gucci bracelet Don't or you shit. get like uh, something at least? Like, hey, thanks for coming. Here's I, I, a, I got a picture um, of Helen. Mac- we'll put your face in there or something. <laughs> <laughs> I got a USB with McLaren assets on. Um, I think what they were doing. <laughs> I think I had a bunch. Doing... I have a bunch of those that says uh, Robocraft Infinity. <laughs> you do. There, there, there. I'm sure that company's going to go out of business soon. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, not really. I don't know. I have no idea what's happening with Free Jam. Um, they uh, they gave me a USB with McLaren on it. That had lots of cool assets on. Uh, I don't think there was anything else. Um, but I think that was okay because like getting to go to the McLaren Technology Center at the time was mental because uh, 
this was when Ron Dennis was in charge. And Ron Dennis is like, you know, I never met the guy. Uh, but what I've heard is that he's very, very particular and he's very like uh, anal with all technical details, right? So going to McLaren at this point, like this isn't the Zach Brown era of McLaren with like Lando Norris, who's like super public facing and, you know, really, really colorful and like engaging. This was like the gray McLaren era where like, you know, you looked at them and they, you know, they were sponsored by uh, Vodafone, um and had mclaren engines and they were like a super buttoned up like you know 40 year old man outfit where they just you know were wearing suits and stuff weren't really that interesting and you know took themselves super super seriously um like a lot of old school formula one teams did so to go to this place and even be invited to this place was absolutely crazy to me um, but to go there, take pictures of all the cars and, and like just be around, like that was their PR trick. That was their like, look how important we are. We're not even going to give you any free shit because we don't need to because you're in this mecca of motorsport. Like look to your left. There is Bruce McLaren's like, you know, old school Formula One car. And there's Nicky Lauda's car. You know, there's, um, uh, you know, Senna's car, Pross car. Uh, you know, all these racing greats, um, you know, there's the weird Nigel Mansell car that had like the tri-wing on it and Mika Hakkinen's car and the tri-wing. We never got Mansell in the car because he was too fat, you know, things like that, like loads of things with Formula One history, which anyone who's into it, um, you know, that was absolutely amazing. That was one of the best things you know, that I, that I ever did in my professional life. I still and have... that was a thing where other people were just like, I don't want to go. So, yeah, <laughs> I still had the game for you. It is, oh yeah. Uh, is you talk about the truck racing one? No, the one that I told you I was gonna say for you the special edition. I think uh, Formula One for PS4, 2017. Oh, yeah? uh, anyways, dude, we're doing a podcast. What are you doing? I'm trying to look <laughs> for the game. Uh, look, if somebody is still listening after an hour and <laughs> 15 minutes of us talking about. All this. They could wait for me to look for the game. <laughs> What's up, guys? Jose de la Roca here, and I'm happy to announce that I have partnered up with Live Bearded to share with you all the amazing products that make my beard feel and look this good. So go check them out online at livebearded.com and use my promo code de la Roca to get 10% off your order. Go check those guys out because they're amazing bearded guys just like I am. And they only have one mission, for the beer men to look, feel, and be their best. So go check them out online at livebearded.com and use my promo code De La Roca to get 10% off your order. That is De La Roca, D-E-L-A-R-O-C-A. Uh, yeah, crazy. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of Formula One. I don't know if that comes across. No. Hey, but I like it, and I'm pretty sure somebody like it. I mean, Will probably turned it off like two hours ago, but it's fine, you know. Shout out to Will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and before we go, <laughs> you went to, it's a musical festival, right? Yeah, yeah. So, Victorious, we went there for three days with kids uh, in Portsmouth. So usually you get festivals like music festivals kind of in the middle of nowhere in like fields. 
and you have to drive miles and all that stuff. Victorious is right in the heart of Portsmouth. It's right on South Sea Seafront. So you've got like a castle adjacent. You've got like the uh, the National D-Day Museum, like within the grounds of the festival that you can go to for free. It's a really bizarre festival, but it's kind of cool. Um, they've got a massive kids area. Um, me and my wife used to go all the time. Uh, it's been going for like eight years, I think. We used to go. We've been to most of them. But since we had, you know, my son's three and a half and my daughter's still crazy when I say daughter uh, is three months. And we were like, you know what? Ever since my son's arrived, we haven't really gone. But this year we were like, you know what? They've got a kid's area. There's two of us. We're both off from work. Fuck it. Let's go. Um, so we went. Uh, we parked up. We parked there. Definitely need to do that if you go to any festivals now, especially with kids, because you always have to go back to the bloody car for whatever reason. Um, and we went, and it was really cool. Um, we didn't see any of the music acts. We definitely went from the time of 10 till 3 most days. Um, I think, uh, yeah, so the first day we, we arrived at like 2 and left at 5 because we just wanted to scope it out. And the second day we were there most of the day, and the third day we just went for the morning because I wanted to go back for the Formula 1. And... Um, it was really, really good. Um, I would definitely recommend it. I think as a music festival, it's got a dedicated kids area. Uh, there's loads of different things going on that they would like. Like we, my son got to meet two people dressed up as the Paw Patrol. That was fun. He was massively excited about that. Um, Disney princesses just walking around. You can say hello to. Um, what else? There was other stuff. They, they had like a dedicated music acts for like kids as well, but they weren't on the main stage. They had multiple stages um and um yeah it was just really really bizarre but it's, uh, so it's a family thing it's not like a kid stuff right no it's, it's so kind who's of... who's the main who's the headliner i uh so the headliners are, are like the streets uh who are like this 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 i guess you'd call them like a uh god what the hell would you even call the streets they're like a they're kind of like a rap group but not really a rap group <laughs> i would say that the target Audio, and they've had Chemical Brothers in the past. They've had uh, Neil Gallagher. Neil Gallagher? Yeah, from Oasis. Um, you know, uh, the lead singer of Blur has been there. So it's kind of, it's a sizable festival now. Um, it's not like Glastonbury or anything like that, but it's, it's you know, one of the second tier festivals in UK music. Um, and it's, they've, they have top tier music talent there so i'd probably say it's for it's for kind of everyone but they think of kids as i think kids is becoming it's not really for kids i think the kids area is like you take your kids there to shut them up for a bit and knock them out and then when you want to go to watch the real music at the, the big stages uh you take a pram or something and you know you put on their air defenders and then they sleep and you can listen to some music um we could just never really do that uh but we did see craig davis <laughs> who's like a r&b artist from the uk um yeah they they do have size it's worth again worth a google worth searching for victorious i think i'll probably put it in the episode description just in case <laughs> see if anyone wants to hear about it can you drink um yes you can but obviously we had two kids with us so we kind of well all you need is one sober you know. parent so yeah, but you thing is, dude, you can't because like I. Oh, I forgot you fall asleep. I fall asleep. So I'm it's tired like... anyway, right? So if I have a couple of beers, I'm done. I'm I'm gonna be asleep. 
well, um, your wife could have and then you know have more milk after that that's that's true that's true mm-hmm. um <laughs> but i think she was driving yeah <laughs> uh so yeah we, we 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 it was a weird experience with a baby i think with a baby made it different because like they're like they don't really you can't explain to them how ear defenders work so you put something on a baby's ear which they're not used to right they're just like flailing around like crazy and if you're near a stage you kind of have to walk away and like keep them on their head to avoid damaging their ears trust Uh, me it's like you know every parent with a young kid uh young meaning like under i guess 10 12 um it's going to struggle because if you care about your kids, you want them to, when you go on a vacation, to do stuff, right? So um, my girl and I, we're about to celebrate 10 years, 10 years together, right? Wow. In uh, uh, October, we will be, uh, that will be 10 years of us meeting uh, each other and being official will be the first of next year, of course. But just to think that we, if we want to go just to like Cancun or go to a beach area, we can really do that because we just want to go and relax, right? But if you take a kid, he's like, all right, we're here. What are we going to do? Legoland? Disneyland? I mean, what are, we, what are we gonna, why are we here in a resort? You know, he doesn't understand that you're just there to chill, be at the beach, you know, drink or whatever. He, he, he's there to, all right, I'm going to have fun since I'm on vacation. So where's Disney? Where's Legoland? Whereas whatever, you know, you know, you guys do over there. So it's like, it's just, you know, and two, because we have our anniversaries in such a weird times. One is super expensive. The other one is like everybody's doing their thing. So we cannot drop off my son to my brothers for two weeks and expect them to take care of him, you know? So it's kind of hard. So it's kind of hard having fun with kids, I guess. It definitely is. But that's why you get a Nintendo DS or something like that, and just get that gives you like an hour. That that's the way to do it. I think. I think that's how I was raised, and it. I, I think I turned out okay. <laughs> are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? I need a break. Are you uh. ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? I need a break. Are uh. you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? I need a break. Uh. Out of the doorway, the bullets rip. Repeat to the sound of the beat. Here's Andy in the McLaren car, ready to deliver the greatest, the best joke you have heard in the past two weeks, because the other greatest, best joke you heard was two weeks ago by him. We have a little segment called Andy's Jokes, and the way they works is that Andy tells us a joke, and it's up to you to decide whether Andy's Jokes is good or not. And you could do so by sending us an email, hello at josedelarroca.com. Hello at josedelarroca.com. Listen to Andy. He's getting ready. Uh-oh. Andy, where you going? Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from race... All the way from track number two. <laughs> <laughs> Driving the McLaren number two car. Sponsored by... Doggy Dogs. Here is Andy with Andy's jokes. Only one joke this week. Oh. It's been a long podcast. Oh. I'm to make it long. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Jose, you ready? Yes. 
Which Dutch cheese is made backwards? Scotch. No. Uh, <laughs> let me let me say it again. Which Dutch cheese is made backwards? Come on. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Edam. Oh, it's I don't Edam. even know that kind of cheese. So that's like... Edam is uh, made backwards because it's E D A M. Is that an English joke? I, I, I don't I don't know. Because English is I, my second language, so I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just because because made is is M A D E, and I, Edam is E D A M, so Edam is backwards is is made. are here before we go <laughs> let us know if you're still listening by sending us an email hello <laughs> you know what i, I do want to say that people do listen and i want to say uh thank you for listening thanks for supporting this podcast uh i see you guys buying the peanut crunch so i appreciate that i see yeah. you guys saying hi to uh, andy especially when he's singing let it go I see you guys uh, liking our stuff. So thank you very much for your support. It's always uh, welcome. I always say that if one person is listening, even though it's my friend or Andy's mom, we're still doing a good job. So we appreciate all the support you guys do. Uh, before we go, Andy, anything left in the tank? Oh, you see what I did? <laughs> Wasn't even trying. Utter professional. Um uh, just a massive shout out to to my wife um, uh, for putting up with me um, yeah. over the past few days. Uh, going to a festival with kids is quite stressful. Um, so yeah, a massive shout out to her. Um, and yeah, just thanks to everyone for listening. Really appreciate it. And where could people find you in case they want to see what you're playing? Uh, any like little uh, events that you do and you never talk about since you... You know, we just found out you were in, you know, saying hi to one of the best indie car drivers. I mean, F1 car drivers in the world a couple of months ago. But you don't bother to tell us that. But where could people find I'm, all the stuff? I'm sworn to secrecy on all, on all the juicy stuff, unfortunately. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, on Twitter at Gaming Goodness. That's G-A-M-I-N-G-G-O-O-D-N-E-S-S. Uh, I need help. So if anybody is, uh, you know giving birth to puppies <laughs> uh, let me know we're looking for dogs uh, we're also looking for uh, new cars so if anybody uh, works for Subaru or Toyota hit me up hello at josedelaroca.com if you guys have any uh, directions of how I could get a mental health professional to give me a letter to so that I don't get charged a lot for rent hit me up other than that, thank you very much. You have been listening to Dad Without a Dad. Until next time, goodbye.
So nobody really famous goes to that event, right? 